and we're live. Cool. All right, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the F-Stops here. I'm Joe, and I'm joined by Josh and our special guest, Alex Huff. Um, Alex lives in the Bay Area, and she shoots professionally as well as works for a company that some of the listeners may have heard of called Borrow Lenses. Uh, if you haven't, it's awesome. You can rent basically anything camera-related for almost any period of time. Uh, I just say this because I'm pretty sure Unlimited is not an option last time I checked. Anyway, but she um, she is our first guest that's actually, I would say, officially part of the photography industry, and I'll kind of just stretch on that one. But anyway, so we want to give her a nice warm welcome to the show, and uh, we're going to basically start out by diving into what people have been shooting. So, uh, Josh, you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, this weekend, um, I well, yeah, towards the end of uh, last weekend, I had uh, the, the new VSCO cam was released, and I had issues with my phone, come to find out. I had, we're live. Uh, All right, everybody. Welcome to is that this playback, Joe? edition of the S-Stops here. I'm Joe, and I'm joined by... Where is that coming from? <laughs> Stand by, we're having technical top. difficulties. Uh, of course we are. Is that Running. is it over? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's really weird feedback. I don't have anything. Welcome open. to live internet, people. This is live internet. Yes. We are live, really live, as in no tape delay. Somewhere Zach is face palming. Yeah. He's, he's probably laughing. Anyway, so I, I had uh, issues with my phone because I'm still running an older version of iOS 5 due to a uh, couple of reasons um, and all this. So I had issues. I originally thought it was a uh, visual supply company, uh, even though it was weird that the app, the old app, would die on my phone exactly 12 hours after they released the new one, and it hmm. never came back up. I was using it that day. Um, and actually working on an edit when it just crashed and never came back up. So I lost a bunch of pictures. Luckily, I had saved all my edits to my camera roll, so those are saved, and I had some on my SkyDrive, so I'm good there. But anyway, needless to say, I realized that change isn't a bad thing, and so people recommended Afterlight. I dropped in Afterlight and realized it's a mini Lightroom in a way. I'm sure people mm -hmm. debate that. But I highly recommend it. It's well worth the $0.99. Cents. Um and it's almost a clearer, uh, more detailed, nuanced version of VS, the VSCO cam. Um, it has a lot of in-depth editing features, and, and so it kind of made me start this thing. So I've got a new hashtag going on on Instagram. Anybody can join. Um, I'd spent a year shooting nothing but visual supply company app. Um, and so I said, I need to branch out and figure out how I can do this differently because I, you literally used it as the camera the archive and the editor and so I decided to branch out so now I've gone back and I'm using camera awesome for my camera so I have my own camera in my phone and then I'm using um, Snapseed as kind of my Picasa and I'm using uh, Afterlight as kind of my Lightroom and so I've literally copied my workflow that I do on my computer and I've moved it over to my iPhone and so now I'm kind of shooting different and I'm noticing results are kind of cool and I'm actually getting the same kind of stuff I was getting from Visual Supply Company and the uh, the other interesting thing was I found out that the people who were liking my pictures that I thought were because I was tagging it with the Visual Supply Company hashtag were actually people that were liking it anyway. I'm still getting the same amount of likes on my pictures, the same almost more uh, more actual verbal interaction like typing interaction uh, like comments and all that uh, after switching over to different apps and all that so 
my exploration is going on. I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I now have a camera with image stabilization, uh, a level, um, a, uh, a guide to show me a square crop before I take the picture. Um, it has uh, white balance, the new camera awesome. I hadn't used the app in a long time. It has a new white balance feature that you can lock and unlock so I can set white balance to staring into the sun and flip it and shoot it in the dark to get a different look to it and a uh, whole bunch <laughs> of crazy stuff. Yeah, it's a free Interesting. app. And cool. then I'm using Snapseed for tonal corrections and uh, like tilt shift stuff. And then uh, Afterlight has amazing presets. Um, a lot of really cool presets. They even have 13 user presets, which are actually really decent. So that's been that's been my journey, and I'm actually finding out that I've got a lot more options now. Um, so yeah, so I'm kind of like I've got my little DSLR going on in my iPhone, <laughs> and then I've got my Lightroom and my Picasso, and yeah. <laughs> so it's it's been a lot of fun. But if anybody wants to join, hashtag Appspiration, and show me what you're doing that you haven't done on your phone in a while. If you're kind of stuck in a rut, I'm learning change is really good. So. It's been kind of fun. I think I've got 12 pictures up since I've flipped, and I'm really, I'm not looking back. Um, so that's what I've been doing this weekend. Um, Fan fantastic, yeah. And for all of you, uh, all of those listening in, we will make sure to have all of our stuff in the show notes uh, as usual, so you'll be able to find all the stuff that we're talking about. Um, I haven't shot anything in the past week, to be honest. I haven't even really touched a camera. I was in Atlanta for the last week, so it was basically just my phone. Um, however, I've quietly rolled out a rebrand of my photography services and enlisted my fiance as well. And with a rebrand, we've renamed it. So it is now not so stern photography. Which um, is brilliant. I, yeah, I try. I try. Uh, so for those of you listening, I spell my name with an E. So it, it's kind of a play on words. But anyway, enough about me. So, Alex, what have you been shooting recently? So just this past weekend, um, couples portrait and um, another portrait for my Kiroskiro collection. And uh, before that, I shot some maternity stuff and played around with the Hasselblad. Um, did some sports sports uh, portraits with that. So not busy at all. <laughs> That's like in the last week and a half. Wow. <laughs> and Castle I have a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> not a typo. <laughs> oh, nice. So so, uh, yeah. so it looks like you have the Hasselblad behind you? I do. Um, I was terrified of this. Um, it's a beast. <laughs> I had a day with it, and so um, I stuffed a athlete friend of mine in my tiny studio um, propped up on a bike and did edge lighting and he was wearing um, black he has black hair was wearing a black helmet and I had him against a black backdrop all by design to see how well this picks up all those blacks and it does do a tremendous job um, but yeah it's very heavy um, my ball head wasn't really cutting it <laughs> wow. um, but it, uh, it is actually really easy to use and really intuitive. I um, do that typical thing where I refuse to read the instructions and I just want to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can. You, you can. It seems, it seems like it would be much too complex to do that with, but it actually is. Um, I feel like it was actually faster jumping into learning this than jumping into 
like when I was first getting into DSLRs. I felt like really? this was intuitive, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so does that have like an AV or like a TV mode, or is it just so manual? It's just manual. Wow. It's just manual. That's yeah. my kind of camera. <laughs> you can do exposure compensation, and you can also do this thing called true focus, which I used a lot. Um, I have really poor eyesight, so I never trust my ability to focus. And uh, true focus, you can put your focal, you choose your, your focus point, and then it locks in there no matter how you rotate the camera. So it picks oh, wow. like an axis. And, and it stays focused even if you kind of start leaning and doing stuff kind of funky with your horizon. If you've already done the lock focus on, say, my eye, that's going to yeah. be okay. Wow. So that was my favorite feature because I'm terrible at being able to determine. I've had many an unfocused eye and perfectly focused nose in, <laughs> in my history. Many perfectly focused noses. <laughs> so it's kind, of, it's kind of like the back focusing option on Canon and I guess. Oh, I don't, a little I, bit, yeah. Little, sort bit. of? Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't think back focus has quite the same sophisticated sort of keeping that focus point if you start shifting your axis. I mean, I can well, be it wrong, like re It'll refocus for you? Yeah, like it'll keep wow. no matter how you oh, move. Oh, okay, knows. so I didn't get that part. Yeah, yeah refocusing, so, that's huge. Yeah, that is so huge. it knows where you wanted that focus, even if you're switching up your motion. So that, it, that could be huge in a studio setting, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, it's that? really handy. So did any of you guys kind of just slight tangent, uh, read the article recently, I think in Wired, about the guy who does the product photography for Apple. Yes. Yes. Because I believe, like, he has a crazy, like, boom setup for something that sounds similar to a Hasselblad, like a medium format back or something that he just, like, kind of pulls and, like, pulls down and has this, like, crazy studio. And it just reminds me of this, because I guess you can kind of swap the backs off of that, right? Right. Or, and I would yeah. love to be able to show you this sensor, but because this is a, a rentable item, I I'm, I don't want to set any bad examples. We don't want our renters taking off the back if they don't have <laughs> it. Don't try this at home. What is this do? Yeah. I mean, do you see this LCD this. screen, and oh, the, yeah. the sensor's about yeah. that big, so it gives you it gives, it gives you an idea. Yeah, that is um, nice. I would love to show it, but... Um, I'm guessing the the high ISO is pretty respectable, if not amazing. That would um, be my guess. I haven't or tested. No. Yeah. Really? I. Afraid uh, to. <laughs> not that awesome. Um, the dynamic range is really awesome, but it doesn't necessarily mean low noise. Yeah. What's the what's the megapixel count out of that sucker? That's forty. So it really it really isn't that much bigger than say the D800 um, but we're going to be getting the 60 and that will feel like a whole nother world I think for people. So just out of pure curiosity a raw file is what like 50 megabytes or something ridiculous <laughs> yeah, per image? Yeah it's sizable and then it's in a format that is um, Hasselblad's proprietary format so you right, have to convert it with focus. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was pretty nervous. I thought that um, I have the, the Retina MacBook Pro, and it, it does pretty well with my um, D800 files, and I was kind of nervous processing these files, but it actually wasn't too bad. I shot, oh, I shot only like 60 frames, and it was like a couple gigs. 
it really wasn't that bad. Okay. Um, but my boss shot way more and <laughs> he had, like crashed his system. He like <laughs> <laughs> I was conservative. <laughs> I, I almost want to see if if uh, my copy of Lightroom Four has a profile for that. I don't think it does. Yeah, I had to I had to convert everything ahead of time, and um, I'm sure. Yeah, and I I want it more. I feel like I'm not super familiar with it. I I basically just was proud to be able to get it running. Mm -hmm. Are, <laughs> are you it. posting any any results or? I have posted um, one. I posted a straight out of the camera, well, um, converted to Must JPEG, but otherwise straight out of the camera um, image on my Facebook. I can put a link to that in the show notes, too, and it is the picture of the cyclist. And um, I believe I have it on my site somewhere as well, actually, so you can um, – I should actually probably just Dropbox it so people can download the file and then really pixel peep for fun. Wow, okay. So I should do that. All right. That would be cool. Yeah, fair enough. yeah we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. I think and then people looks... will find that interesting because you'll notice if you look at the cyclist's hair peeking out through the helmet, while impressive that you can differentiate his, his nearly black hair from his black helmet, there is a lot of, like, color noise in there. And <laughs> uh, I found that interesting. So, anyway, the pixel peepers will find, will find that fascinating, I think. That is fascinating. And so for the people not listening in, you're about to miss something really awesome. Alex has what resembles a cannon sitting on the desk behind her, which I believe is actually an 800-millimeter lens. So, uh, right? It, right, and it doesn't even, like, to demonstrate, it doesn't fit in frame at all. So I have to... <laughs> it keeps going and going. Yeah, and then I have to tilt it down so you can see. Now, to be fair, um, a good portion of that is hood. But, uh, but yeah, this is, this is the 800. It took Nikon forever to um, release this. Um, I, saw this. I saw a, well, a prototype of this at Photokina last year, and they had it up on this really high shelf, and you could barely take a picture of it. <laughs> um, so we've been waiting a long time for this. Man, it makes, that, it makes the lens mount just look puny. Like, the whole back end just looks tiny. Yeah, I mean, it really, um, it's funny, these, these big pieces of glass, you know, their, their mounts just look like little teleconverters. It's like <laughs> attached, they're like, oh, well, we'll build this front element, and then we'll just stick a teleconverter on the back. And yeah, there right? Go. Well, like um, the new Canon one, right? The, the, the 200 to 400? 400. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, guys just gonna... got that too, right? We did, and I'm, I'm sad that I don't have one to demonstrate. They all went like hotcakes. Oh. Yeah. That really you guys must have pre-orders for that. Yes. Live from Bar Lenses, it's Alex Huff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I got to say it. <laughs> as awesome as it was to get the Nikon 800mm, um, people were, even people who aren't Canon and Yes, we're still holding their breath for the 200 to 400, um, just because that whole built-in extender uh, yeah. business is very exotic. For, for anyone um, shooting any brand. So um, we, haven't, we haven't been able to field test it much. Um, we, my boss noticed some strange vignetting when using the uh, teleconverter, but he doesn't want to say that that's an official, um, mm -hmm. you know, that that might just be something he was seeing for the moment. We haven't done any real tests yet, just because they all went so fast. But 
Um, but it is interesting. It does seem to vignette quite a bit. If you're pointing at, he pointed at a plane in the sky, and when he flipped on the teleconverter, um, the edges got very dark um, huh. relative hmm. to wow. the um, And that, that's on a full frame? Yeah, it was on the full, it was on his uh, Mark III, I believe, or the 1DX. Hmm. I think it might have been on the 1DX. Interesting. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting, but he was like, but I don't know, I have to let it, you know, this right? is like the last one, I have to let it go, I can't do any more tests, but... I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, people are, are going on about the sharpness. They're really worried about the sharpness using the uh, teleconverter, but I didn't even think of the uh, the vignetting. Yeah, that, that does make sense, though. I mean, yeah. I, I guess you have to suffer with that sometimes. So, right. But you, you guys like to do a lot of um, product testing on your blog, don't you? We try to. It's hard to keep yeah. up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, we only have so much time with it, and uh, we're always woefully understaffed. Um, so we don't do nearly as much as we would like, and sometimes things will come way later. Like, oh, it's a review of the T5i. <laughs> and like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and I just finished it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, because didn't Nikon have some, like, Focusing issue or something that you guys broke a little. A little oh, while we back. we thought that I think that got retracted. We we were thinking that the um, one camera was it the we thought it was underexposing, but it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it caused a flurry for a while, and um, but that that wasn't actually the case. But uh, but yeah, I'm a little um, dismayed with. And this is getting into politics a little bit, I guess, um, <laughs> economic politics. But I'm a little dismayed at how much camera stuff sort of becoming like the electronics industry in general, where it's so incredibly fast-paced that by the time you gain any familiarity with something, um, there's already something else. And maybe I just didn't have a pulse on the industry as well as I do now because I've been in this industry for three years now and maybe it's always been like this and I just wasn't in tune with it but I feel like it's just somehow gotten worse um, last year for Canon it just seemed like I mean the th like the 324 or the two new 2470s in a row where yeah. you had the Mark II and then the F4 and I'm thinking when is this uh, flood gonna end there's so much Variation in the gear, very subtle variation. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, even the the thing that struck me interesting um, was like the SL1, for instance. You know, we're gonna we're gonna release a T4i, then a T5i, and then we're gonna release an SL1 that's just kind of mini version of them, but everything's pretty much doing exactly what the T2i does, except we have a like a swivel screen, that kind of thing. Like, you know, there wasn't any variation like. I would understand the SL1 better if they almost made it like a mirrorless, right? Or something right. like something enough twist in it to where, you know, after using the Olympus uh, uh, EM5 though, like the the Olympus um, OMD EM5, like the SL1 made more sense to me because I'm like I can get a smaller camera, or I could go get a 40 millimeter, or I can put my existing lenses on something tinier that I can carry around. Now, if you have a 70 to 200, it still doesn't make sense. But like you know, anything from like a fifty to a forty, you know, even a thirty-five, kind of makes sense if you want to haul around a smaller camera, but you don't want to buy a new system. So I could see, but it still feels like a niche group if that's what the idea was for it. And maybe they're marketing to 
you know, I, somebody will rail me later, but to the hipsters, I'm making air quotations here. All, all, the, people that, all the people that post, and I'm not making fun of anybody here, but the people that post their pictures of their 18 to 55 T2Is on Instagram and, and say, you know, yeah, all that stuff. So who knows? Maybe that's the market. But it, it, okay, that that was me like two years ago. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I will that, raise my that hand. was me. That, that was, was me four years ago. That was yeah. me four years ago. So yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm, like I, I said, not I making a serious fun. Camera. <laughs> I I am curious though. I wish I could uh, pick someone higher up in Canon's brain about some of the like who exactly are are they marketing to. Um, sometimes we have a hard time even recommending gear because there are so many choices. Well, that, that, and it, I, I do a little video too, and I'm kind of getting in the video end of the industry as well, as far as like studying it and all that. And it seems like Canon's realized that the majority of their market is now doing the hybrid at least, which is like the video, stop motion, um, you know, time lapse and all this stuff. So it, it would be the only way to explain a 35mm f4 or whatever they're coming out with next, all these f4 lenses with IS built into them and all that. Like, you know, there's there's the, the diehard still shooters like me that want a 24 to 105 that has 2.8 in it because then I'd never need another lens ever, you know. But, um, but it really feels like I think Canon's kind of – I put this on Twitter about six months ago. I think Canon is picking the video market and Nikon's picking the still market. And meanwhile, everybody else is gunning for the middle, like Fuji, Olympus, and all that are kind of gunning for the middle where I think a lot more people are. I mean, after using the, the, OM, uh, the OMD and, and seeing things like the X100S and the X-Pro and, and seeing people like Zacharias actually quit the DSLR altogether, I, I, I'm starting to wonder if, you know, the, if everybody's kind of like, you know, if, if Canon and Nikon are going to end up being irrelevant. And I'm not the only one thinking that because I'm seeing people talk about, you know, the brands could be dead in a couple of years and dire predictions like that. But that that's kind of where I'm feeling it. Like I, I have a feeling the middle of the road will be different in a couple of years. And, you know, everybody's kind of picking the battle they're going to fight, or at least that's Canon and Nikon kind of. Because they're they're gonna they're gonna hang on to their DSLRs as long as they can because they're the ones who kind of technically pioneered it, you know, or at least made it popular. And everybody else is gonna start kind of pioneering. And at some point, you know, the pioneers will be, you know, the mainstream. And that could be Fuji, it could be um, Olympus and other people like that that, you know, end up end up kind of taking their place, you know, in a couple of years from now. But yeah, Canon, Canon's decisions lately have been befuddling me, which is, you know, starting to make me, you know, want to look elsewhere if I ever, you know, decide to upgrade a system or add to a system. Like Sigma, for instance, with that new lens dock, um, uh, I was reading, and, you know, not to not to create uh, brand wars here, but uh, Roger Sickla's article where he reviewed the lens dock, and he was actually doing stuff with the lens that he was adjusting um, with the dock, that he would have had to send to uh, the lab or send back to Canon or Sigma to make those kind of adjustments that he was able to do at home, like adjust uh, minor focusing issues and upgrade the firmware on his lens with a, a little dock that you just plug into your computer and, and go and download stuff and add to the lens. So, you know, people are pioneering stuff. It's just not the uh, OEMs that are pioneering so much as it is the other people that are starting to pioneer. So. Either they step up their game or they find their niche and run with that. So that's yeah, my two cents. And I guess you could argue that 
the OMD market is the same market as the new Flickr. Not to go on a total, <laughs> total tangent, but I would oh argue boy. that if you're aiming for the middle, which Flickr's aiming for the middle, then that's the, uh, that's the market you're going after. So. Well, the, anyway. thing, the thing about these so-called middle cameras, though, is they're still pretty expensive. Yeah, and that, that I think the price point's going to be what changes the game. If they can bring it down, like, you know, it, it's the difference between I can spend $1,000 on a DSLR or on this tiny little camera. Now, if it's I can spend $500 on this tiny little camera that works better than this $1,000 DSLR, then I think that's where the game just, like, that's where, you know, the game is flipped completely. Like, the board just gets flipped off the table. But and, until then, because, you know, looking... That that's the thing, like the OMD. It's the only real experience I've had with like another format for a long duration, and um, it's like the lenses are great, but they still felt like toys. But they still cost as much as you know. Yeah. At the same time, I'm holding I'm holding a camera that technically is shooting 600 millimeters with three stops of body stabilization on three different axes, um, and I can go way out and get amazing shots. Right. 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 God, you on, sound, on you sound like Jimmy. I know, right? Like I could I could fit the entire system in the hood of that eight hundred millimeter behind <laughs> behind Alex. <laughs> a camera within a camera. How many Right, that inception. <laughs> camera inception. But, but you know, I, I think you know, and the the thing is is it's full glass, it's it's pro, but it I still had that toy thing. I still wanted to pick up my fifty my fifty D or whatever or whatever I had at hand and you know, swing it up and start using it again because no it was comfortable but it was bigger. And it almost made more sense in certain applications where you kind of want to f have that presence, but you know that's that's just my my personal opinion. I'm sure, I'm sure for other people, like it works for Jamie. Jamie does excellent with it, yeah. but I guess you almost have to grow up with it to really be comfortable right now, unless you spend more time. Yeah, well, I I, I think that you know we've mentioned this before, but the fact that they're coming out with more like pro lenses for that mount natively. Right. I think is what's really going to start really swaying people because you're not going to sway somebody with basically a lens equivalent in terms of um, you know aperture for a pro because it's going backwards. But if you can offer him something almost the same in a smaller form factor, then that might be a little different story. I don't know, Alex. Have you seen that in your experience, or uh, like, what are your thoughts on mirrorless? Well, we do have mirrorless enthusiasts um, in the office and um, they're definitely uh, the walking around to take pictures type. They do street photography and mm. travel photography. Um, I'm so far removed from that world because <laughs> I really only shoot, I'm such an indoor kid, I really only shoot in a studio with lights and then when I leave the house I just don't take a camera. And um, so size has just never made a difference to me, but I but it, I think it's still important. Um, uh, you know, my husband will want to take something, and all of a sudden I start thinking about, oh wow, well, what's the smallest possible thing? Um, Sony's uh, Sony's doing some good stuff. Um, I've always liked Sony's color profile and sensors and. Have you tried the RX one? Yeah, the getting RX deep here. <laughs> yeah, the RX one is um, is fantastic. Um, I've gotten to use course, it. I liked it, but it's great. Um, you know, of course, it's got the fixed thirty-five millimeter lens, and um, 
pros and cons there. <laughs> yeah, and 35 happens to be my favorite walking around focal length, so I forgive it, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's expensive, and right. you can't change that. And, um, you know, they I understand why they do it that way. They don't want to cannibalize their uh, other markets um, by making something that's pretty much perfect, this raw shooting full frame, small um, metal materials, very mm -hmm. solid little camera, um, they start switching out lenses on that. Because even the 30, the, the fixed lens on it feels solid. It doesn't feel yeah. like it's at all. Um, and the first time I held that, I thought, oh, boy, if they made this interchangeable lens. It's, it was the first time where I thought it's all over, even for me as the indoor kid who doesn't care about the size of stuff. <laughs> I, I, I was testing it out, and just for fits and giggles, I'm like, I'm going to crank this to 12,500, and at least zooming in on the screen... Mm -hmm. I was like, take my money, Sony, because yeah. you know, I, I was pixel peeping just on the screen. You know, this yeah. is not like you know converted or any kind of like you know processed or anything, but just on the screen alone, the twelve thousand five hundred. I'm like, for the price point, you know, if, if I just need something high ISO without interchangeable, why well, buy a five D Mark III or a sixty or like a sixty or something? Why not you know get something like true. this? True, true. Yeah, we have uh, we have one of our uh, listeners right now, uh, Josh. Josh, we actually have something else special to tell you, so you might want to wait till the end of the show. Um, but uh, Josh was just mentioning the, I think, Panasonic GH3. Please don't shoot me if I got the brand wrong. Um, but, yeah, the Panasonic <laughs> GH3, great. yeah, is a, another good uh, one that I've heard from enthusiasts, especially yeah. in the video market, which yeah. Josh mm -hmm. seems yeah. to be from. The videographers so, uh, like it a lot. So yeah, so I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of a lot of options out there, but um, but yeah, you know, I I think it's it's almost like the hybrid car industry. Once people figure out exactly what to do with it and where it fits, then it's just going to blow up. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. kind of this is something new, and you know, I remember you know back in the day, I don't remember, but you know, back in the day when DSLRs first showed up, you know, I. you know, I, I can't imagine what the fallout was with the guys because I was watching a documentary. Uh, uh, last night about uh, you know space stuff and all that and they had a picture of one of the Apollo launches and there's guys holding up giant you know um, you know like medium format cameras and stuff and I could only imagine like when people start you know showing up to pro gigs with like the little DSLRs like a AE1 or something how the the medium format guys probably just trash the crap out of them and <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I, sorry. I, I, I would have loved to. They didn't. They didn't have social media back then to track all the fallout from you know when people start showing up with brownies or you know the blurry image yeah. that Robert Kappa came back from with his only surviving eleven images. You know, if we had social media back then, I can't imagine how that guy would have been ripped up after coming back from D Day. You know, so you know, I think I think we're Probably. just watching a natural yeah. progression. You know, we'll, yeah. us people will hang on our DSLRs, other people will move on to medium format and to micro four-thirds and who knows what else, and these new organic sensors will, you know, will come out and mobile photography, you know, the Speaking iPhone. Speaking of the news stories, we're going to play right in. So, you like how um, I did that? See what I did Yeah, there? that was a nice fade-in. So, uh, so we'll have it in the show notes, but um, Fuji and Panasonic actually have developed a new what they call organic uh, CMOS image sensor that is supposed to have an incredible 14.6 stops of dynamic range or 20.26.2 stops EV. Um, and that bests the Nikon 800E by 
seven ish stops. Much. Yeah, almost twice as much. And I don't know if you guys, have, uh, anybody listening or viewing the podcast, are really aware of how awesome the Nikon 800E is in low light. But um, they, uh, I know that Engadget bragged that it's practically like shooting in the dark. So it's something where uh, it sounds like it's incredibly, uh, incredibly possible for us to almost eventually having not need to, like not need to use flash anymore. Now, before everybody Which panics, would make me very happy. Bring it yeah. on, Flash people! Yeah. I'd be very oh, happy. No. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, so this is where we start getting. So, I, I know from a lighting perspective, it may kind not... of skylight in your studio, people. <laughs> oh God. So yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I think from a lighting perspective, it's not going to necessarily get away from having a good light or a good reflector. But for maybe event photography and stuff like that, maybe. Well. And then to be fair, um, regardless of if, if we have a dynamic range that's so profound that you could shoot a black scene and basically paint in the exposure, mm. you still have to paint it in well. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That's a fantastic point. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. You, so. you can have all of this, but it all comes down to can you actually take the shot in the first place? Sure, yeah. You, yeah. yeah, you have to have some idea of how you want your um, message to look. I, I almost, I need, I need to pull up the, um, there's a guy that I found, uh, Wired.com did an article about him just today that I was reading, and I don't have the link in front of me. I can't find it now. It's on my Twitter, I think, somewhere on there. We can look later, and I'll try to put it up on the show notes. But, um, but yeah, this basically this guy takes a 5D out to uh, the northernmost habitation where it's like a Canadian spy like location, like a like a satellite kind of reception thing. I can't remember the exact details, but this guy has nothing but a 5D out in the middle of the ice, and he puts heating packs on it, and he, he took a bunch of, like, these crazy things. And it's weird because it's so white that, you know, I'm sure he was trying to work the white balance and stuff, but you see a guy out there on the ice, and it looks weird. It looks almost like, you know, selective color, but it's just mm -hmm. his environment there. So yeah, you you can you can take you know you can take cameras anywhere. I mean, Jamie's taking amazing storm pictures with a micro four thirds and all. It all comes down to you know, can you take the picture? Right. You know, and right. I think in the end, you know, I, I'm sure this sounds like you know a million other blogs and a million other photographers out there, but it, it, you know, it all comes down to are are you taking the picture right in the first place? No matter what sensor you have or what lens, you know, if if you're not shooting it right in the first place, then you know nothing can correct it the way you want it to be corrected, so. And speaking of shooting stuff right in the first place, man, we are all over the segues today. Ah, so, so if good. you, yeah, so if you've been living under a rock for the last 24 hours or something, um, my apologies, because I'm about to, major spoiler alert, but um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Worldwide Developer Conference for Apple was uh, kicked off yesterday with a three-hour-long keynote announcing a bunch of stuff, and why I can't go into too much, because Zach's going to yell at me for making this into a tech blog. Um, sorry, Zach, we love you. Just kidding. Uh, they did release um, their preview of iOS 7 and uh, some very interesting computer hardware that us gearheads slash photographers are drilling about. But, yes. uh, but, it, but it's interesting, because what I'd like to focus on is the, the new software that Apple's proposing for the camera, because it's a pretty big change, I would say, um, version over version from the last couple. Um, it looks like it's going to be 
they're adding an Instagram like filter into it um, and a couple other features that seem like it could be uh, really pushing the iPhone as a primary shooter. Yeah, and and as I put on my Twitter yesterday, um, I pretty much summed it up by how I felt is Apple just jumped the entire app community over the shark with the filter thing, and um, I mean on, honestly, if you're gonna you know you're gonna come out with your stats about you know how much money you handed out in checks to developers and stuff like that, you know why why introduce something proprietary into your system? That people, I mean, I wouldn't need to use an Apple filter when there's already quality stuff out there and there's more stuff coming out that's just getting better and better. And you've got apps like, you know, uh, Visual Supply and Afterlight and all that that are, you know, releasing better and better filters. And now Afterlight's got, which I found is awesome, the user filters, which, you know, mm -hmm. people are actually creating. And, you know, unless you're just looking for that all in one on your phone, which I can, you know, for the people that don't you know, iPhoneography with their phones, you know, for, for lack of a better word, you know, I can understand the all-in-one, but at the same time, it's like, you know, why why kind of, it's it's kind of almost the, the Windows effect, like, we're going to release a new version of Windows, and then we're going to release our own tablet, even though people could probably make a better one than we could, you know, we're going to, just just taking that out there, haters are going to hate, I'm waiting yeah. for it now, but... It's, yeah, it's okay, it's, everybody. It's, Josh runs a PC, so we can't judge him too much on his comments. Yeah, well, you, we you, can, yeah. Don't but. don't judge me, but it's it's how I feel because you know yeah. why why you know make make the phone and let the app developers make it better. You know, I think that's how we'll see good creative progress happen. You know, don't yeah. don't don't trip everybody up. You know, let people go find an app for it. You know, either that or let them take a picture and post it because that's what a lot of people do is they post straight from their phones. Here, I'm going to put an album up, you know. The people who aren't in the market for filters and apps or they'll use an Instagram filter because they're going to use Instagram to post in the first place. So, Yeah, and I think that this, to, to, to be fair, I, I say that this is where Twitter actually missed the boat when they released photo filters on their yeah. stock Twitter app. Is It's not about the filters. It was all about the community for Instagram. Exactly. And that's why Facebook bought them. It was because they bought the community and the sharing platform, not the filter part. Nobody, like anybody can do a filter. Like really, as, as Apple has shown, like anybody can build that into an operating system. They can build it into an app. But it still doesn't stop, you know, like you still need the photograph like the photographer's eye to really make great images regardless of filters so yeah um, I mean I, Alex I don't know what your opinions are on this I, I'd love to hear it I, I are you think, an instant I think you really touched on something because I I'm an Android user so I was like a year behind the Instagram curve um, right. I <laughs> access to it and I remember not once did I sit there and think Oh, there's so many amazing filters I could be using right now. Like, no, I was bummed because my all my coworkers are talking about their Instagram pictures and and kvetching about other people's Instagram right. pictures, and I wasn't part of that. I wasn't privy to that unless they happened to also post it to Facebook, and so I just was very left out, and that was the part that bothered me the most. And then when I got on. You know, it's like make all your friends, and so I feel like that—that's the most important part. So, um, you know, you can make the camera better, you can make the filters nicer. Um, 
it's like about community. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the end, though, um, you know, you can make a beautiful party, but if no one shows up, it's not a party. So true. That's that's so true. It's basically half my parties. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So the guy really... Instagrams pictures of wine glasses just to okay. So well, that's to because be... no one shows up to his parties. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the and wine's not going to drink itself. And <laughs> and second of all, it was so that that's the kind of the, the funny thing is uh, I was actually giving a shout out to one of our friends who bought it for our upcoming nuptials. So. Um, yeah, so totally unrelated, off-topic, but uh, if anybody listening in is ever planning on getting married, move four months before you get married, because then you get to move into a new house with a bunch of stuff that's off your registry. It's like Christmas and, I don't know, some other, your birthday all at once. It's fantastic. <laughs> you know, we're, like, rolling off a bunch of, like, boxes that we haven't opened yet, and it's, like, all brand-new stuff. Like, it, it was it was great. So, anyway, back on top. But yeah, so it's uh it's something that um the iOS seven I obviously the it's in beta now, so if you want to play around with it, pay a hundred dollars and put it on an old phone because I hear it's buggy. But yeah, yeah. I'll be curious it'll be curious to see uh, once it actually gets released in the fall with I'm assuming the iPhone five S, um, how that stuff with their hardware I, and everything else. It, because of, Oh, I was, I was going to say, if you start seeing me refer to it as iOS Unicorn or iOS Android, you know, you'll you understand my feelings for it. Yeah, so but, I, I found something, and if you're listening at home, please go into your computer and type Johnny Ive designs things dot tumblr dot com I think it's a it's a tumblr blog and it's basically a bunch of stuff that has been like rainbowized or you and, can go to my Twitter feed and watch all my live tweets from the the keynote yesterday that works too that works too so it's definitely um you can definitely see the uh, you know the similarities between Android and Windows Phone in the new iOS so it, it's definitely pretty cool so the next segue um, Lightroom 5 was also actually announced yesterday, right before the Apple announcement, because for some reason people think they can beat that news cycle and you can't. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't know why, but they think they can. So anyway, so yeah, so Lightroom 5 has been announced. I don't, how long has Lightroom 4 been out? Like a year and a half? A year. It's been about a year. I remember, it, I remember downloading beta probably about last February? Mm -hmm. I might be off on that, but I, that's kind of remember when I started messing around with it, I think. I feel like I just got it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's exactly my thoughts. It's starting to feel like the Rebel series of software. It's like... It's oh, gosh. Like, oh, oh. Burn. <laughs> Burn. You can't keep up with all these light rooms and all these Rebels. <laughs> I'm still not on 4.4. Rebels. <laughs> I think. Or whatever the older version is. I haven't even upgraded to four point four yet. I'm I'm still happy with what I got, honestly. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I I'm gonna try out five tonight, but. Um, I mean, the new straighten feature. I could. Oh see. yeah, the straighten feature. Yeah, that I was. Yeah, I, I that would be great if I was really processing all my iPhone pictures in Lightroom. Right. You know, if I wanted to make them look like a DSLR shot. <laughs> Oh, yeah. let me make sure I take a picture on my tablet real quick. Um, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That was a joke. Um, you know black holes form when you try to do that, right? I guess uh, the, be yeah. the better blemish fixing as a portrait yeah. person, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going to actually try out first. That's going to be the thing I just jump into. Um, you know what I, 
I do. You know how I, I use Picasso for detailed blemish fixing, believe it or not, because the the uh, replication on it is pretty darn good if you get in close on it, and it will do raw. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Did not know it's, that. I I actually there was one bride I I uh, photographed, and she was very young, so she had a lot of like blemishes, and I knew she didn't want them all in there, so I actually went in and hand edited in Picasso and used it to clean up everything because, you know, every time the face changed, it was a different shadow and stuff. So I know that sounds... Uh, I'm very analog that way. Um, no. So <laughs> it, it, a lot of pros be hating, but yeah. So I can understand. If I was going to do a lot of that, Lightroom 5 would make sense. Right. But like Alex made a really good point, I still feel like, I still feel like 4 is brand new and, you know, let me enjoy this for a little bit longer. Let, you know, I'll make it my legacy editor for a while, at least, <laughs> at least a year. More. Yes, I'd like to kind of talk about. So I'm an Aperture three user, which I'm pretty sure uh, hasn't yeah. been updated in like five years or something insane. Uh, I can't tell you how many people on Twitter were were saying, "Where's the Aperture update during the keynote yesterday?" Exactly. So I I understand Adobe's strategy there because there is no. Um, proposed update for Aperture. I mean, it is, you know, it's a powerful program, but it's aging. There's a lot of features that, um, to me, as an Aperture user, are very tempting in Lightroom. So now it's, once again, I'm kind of really on that fence of, do I just jump ship? Because it sounds to me like Aperture is going the way of Final Cut Pro X, which is just making it for so much for the prosumer that they just ignore the people that really were passionate about it in the past. Maybe you should take advantage of the Capture One discount for all the people that don't want to upgrade to Lightroom 5 like they tried to blast the news feed with yesterday. What's that? I was uh, that it, it kind of missed the cycle almost, but Capture One was throwing out discounts starting yesterday, I think. It was like 20 or 50 or something percent off. Of really? Like, of, yeah, of like Light and Pro. So Interesting. I wasn't too interested, but you know, if if you're trying to switch platforms, you might be interested in looking into that, especially if you feel like getting a phase one in the next year. But That's true. I have I have capture. I I'm very partial to Lightroom, but really? but if for some reason I just couldn't use it anymore, or if someone wanted a recommendation, like I refuse to use Adobe or so, yeah, I would say try out Capture for sure. Okay. So I I have a question for you, Alex, Um, and I guess technically for you, Josh, but I see you every week. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, uh, (laughs) So do you use the lens profiles in Lightroom a lot? So, like, I guess it's kind of more for, like, wide-angle stuff to, like, help correct barrel distortion and whatnot. Um, Because that's one of the things that when I saw the 4, when I was playing around the beta for the 4, kind of started to intrigue me because I happen to have a lens, luckily, that's on one of those profiles, and I'm like, oh, I can make stuff straight. <laughs> so I just I didn't know if you use that at all or if that offers any advantage or not. Uh, I've used, um, I've overridden or made uh, manual adjustments to distortion um, on my stuff, but n- mostly uh, as, a, as a personal taste thing, if I'm trying to uh, sort of change someone's face in a very slight way, especially like right here, right in their nose, like if I want to make their nose um, appear smaller, I'll do some some distortion stuff. But it's uh, I never shoot with anything um, that you know really uh, 
you know, I'm not using a wide and then shooting farms and then trying to change all the fence, the fence or anything. Like I just don't do, I could see how that would be really useful though for people. But, um, yeah, I've never, uh, I've never done anything beyond like, I'm just going to tweak this and kind of make it like pinch in a little bit for, uh, aesthetic purposes. Yeah. I, I actually just decided, um, now, now that I've been using four, um, I, I actually noticed the last edit I did, um, it's up on my 500 picks stories. Uh, you can find the link, um, 500 picks.com slash Conti stories or whatever. But anyway, um, is it whatever not a shout out, but it's, it's interesting because every, every single picture I, I used the 50 millimeter one four, um, the 50 millimeter one four, uh, lens correction setting. And okay. I was comparing to older pictures, and I actually built it. I decided to build that into all my presets um, because I was noticing an actual improvement. My my go-to lens is my 50mm 1.4. It's uh, all the, the the focus ring is like almost white because it's got crap all in the, the rubber, and and it's kind of broken. You got to bop it sometimes to get the AF to work again, and the back focus is a little bit and all that. So that correction actually fixes the broken part, but. I'll, I'll never quit the lens. The lens has been so good to me, and I just I, I love the focal length, and I love it because I'm using APS-C sensor, so it's it's kind of a it's a fun focal length to work with, especially considering it's cropped a little bit. But yeah, so the the lens correction has actually worked great, and believe it or not, the iPhone 4 lens correction on Lightroom is actually legit as well. Oh, and Wait, I'm, I'm kind of a, really? I'm kind of a yeah that exists. It, it, I I used it heavily in beta. Wow. Yeah, I used it very heavily in beta. That is okay. So now the Chicago Sun Times still is ridiculous, but it makes a little bit more sense. I guess it could legitimize. The, you <laughs> oh, you went there. Ooh. Uh. So yeah, it's okay. I'm gonna yeah. Sorry, firing your tire tire photography staff at once is really poor business planning more than anything else. Like, that that and releasing a new app and completely killing off your old app. Ooh, segue. Yes. So Just call Josh, me Cayman. Josh, would you like to talk about this? Because I don't have too much... Uh, uh, it, yeah, because it so, looks like it's going to be our last story of the night. So Yeah, so I, I don't want to be the only one that talks tonight because I know we've got Alex here and she's way smarter and way cooler than I am. And everybody go check out her 500 Picks blogs because she's got some amazing tutorials just as a... Unashamed shout out! Some amazing, yep. really cool tutorials. Uh, Joe Stern got a cool Abby from it. Um, yes, I was actually part of one of these tutorials, which was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, but, so, uh, uh, so so a year ago, I decided uh, one of the main reasons why I wanted an iPhone was because of uh, VSCO Cam and because of um, uh, because of Instagram because I wanted the community and I wanted the cool editing. I loved how VSCO Cam looked. Uh, and so I spent a year uh, shooting on nothing but the app. It was my camera. Uh, it was a little buggy. It crashed, but I felt like I was using like an old vintage camera, so I kind of just dealt with it. Shot everything on it. Shot straight to the, the camera stream on the app. Uh, everything was edited in there. Everything was exported to my camera roll, sent to Instagram. Instagram was merely just a poster. I didn't touch an Instagram filter, and I've never touched one since. Um, so anyway, a visual supply company, the very awesome company that they are, I'm not down-talking the company at all as full disclaimer, this is not me trashing visual supply companies, just observations of what happened to me and I know a couple other people as well. Um, the new uh, app was released and that same day they released that app, they killed off the old app from the App Store. Uh, so they literally did a complete flip. 
the only solution they offered to move your other things was to export to your role and then re-export or import the uh, images rather into the new one. And that was kind of hurting my head oh, considering Jesus. that. Yeah, I, I, I viewed them, I, I still view them as a progressive company. They've, they've done some crazy preset edits, the new uh, 03 film pack does some crazy things because they were doing cold versus hot film and things like that in there. But it, it seemed really weird to me. And then exactly 12 hours after they released the new app, my old app just crashed and stopped working completely. Oh, um, so you can't recover any of the photos. Yeah, and then, and then I would have to delete pictures or whatever off my camera that I haven't been able to export um, to download a new, uh, to download the new, uh, a newer um, iOS uh, for my phone. So I didn't have room to download a new iOS, and it requires six something or whatever. It requires the new one. So some of it's on my end, some of the faults on my end. But I know people still using the old app, and I haven't been able to get a clear answer from them other than a you know a basic email with the basic troubleshooting tips and all that. So um, it was kind of weird. My my thoughts on how they should have done it would have been to I was telling Joe earlier is to take the old app and make it a light version and sell everybody that hardcore just this is the, what you get for ninety nine cents and you know you don't upgrade, and yeah. then you take the new app and you sell it as the pro version, and that's where you can buy the new film packs and upgrade and all that because then everybody's yeah. on different platforms. Yeah. Because you know you're you're looking at it, they, the same hashtag, but now people, some people are shooting with better filters, some people are shooting with a better, um, you know, better image now. I mean, it, it went from being oh Gotta yeah, love and, it. and Gotta love the, it. the thing, the the annoying thing for me is that is that I was inter, I was integrated into the visual supply cam community. Anytime mm -hmm. I saw somebody use a you know post a picture. Everybody was using the same film. It was how they were using it, and that's what I loved about it was that you could kind of stretch it. Like I'd throw a preset in and then edit the preset, and that would be my editing thing. But I know some people would just do a straight edit without a preset, and you know it was kind of cool because everybody's on the same playing field. But now, if you've got five ninety nine, you you're on a different playing field. And then if you've got you know, but everybody's using the same hashtag and call me an old geek and call me an old man already because I sound like I sound like a curmudgeon now, but. It just it's it's interesting how it feels like they completely flipped how they're gonna play this whole thing out in a matter of a day, and it, it, I I really I honestly it was the first time I really felt alienated by a company um, after doing nothing but throwing up their hashtag and having people annoyed with me on Facebook because I just straight up posted I don't want to double post or move the hashtag anywhere. You know, so I annoyed people on Facebook for a year, and I, I blew up. I got involved in a ton of people that were shooting with it. And then, you know, just to have the app pulled completely and crash and not have a way to reinstall it or get it back. And then, you know, the import-export thing. And I know a lot of people using uh, the new one, and the results are completely legit. But for me, I decided to start exploring with other apps. So um, I started hashtag AppSploration. Uh, on Instagram, and people are welcome to join. If you want to break up your workflow and try something new, you can join in and show me what you're doing. Um, but I started this weekend, and I found a new workflow where I, I got Camera Awesome as my DSLR, air quotes. Yeah, we, we, we got to wrap it up. Sorry. Yeah, so um, anyway, I'm shooting with Camera you're Awesome. just tuning after in, light. turn and, uh, back 30 minutes, and he'll explain what he just did. So we will be, trust yeah. me, you're not missing any information. We, we have discussed this. 
So, uh, but yeah. I so just, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm I'm repeating myself now, but that's that's what I did. So join me in in changing up your life and not relying on one app anymore. Because screw that. Yeah. <laughs> screw I'm the company kidding. I still I'm, love. Yeah, I'm just kidding. So anyway, so yeah, so I think that uh, it's probably a good time to uh, start wrapping things up. Um, Alex, I don't know if there's anything you'd like to leave us with or. Uh, you know, talk about his final parting shots. This is your time to yes, promote please. yourself. Shameless plugs are appreciated and or encouraged. Um, so, but yeah. Well, if um, if anyone has, I've had a lot of people um, approach me independently wanting to know how I shot my um, Albert Watson homage, uh, Steve Jobs portraits. Um, they'll ask me how I've done my chiaroscuro stuff. Now I have blog posts to point them to, but even prior. Um, and I them. So, um, you know, uh, people out there can just ask me. I uh, Please don't call me. I have had that. That is kind of weird. <laughs> But um, but my phone number is out there. But you know, email me. Um, don't call me, maybe. Don't call me. Yeah, maybe don't call. Stalk me, me nicely. Yeah, stalk me nicely. Oh um, God. But uh, or if you have um, tutorial requests, um, you know, there is a lot of content out there, and so sometimes I think people like repeat a lot of the same how tos, and then some stuff gets looked over. So mm -hmm. if someone out there is like, "Wow, I wish someone could show me how to." You know, do shoot a car in a car studio. Yeah, I think I think we've That's talked about this. Before. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. It's like, yeah, you could do that. Just drop five grand, and you'll yeah. be good. Yeah, there's some problems that you just throw money at, and that right. <laughs> literally making all the best points of the night, Alex. Yes. <laughs> As she sits in front of. Forty-five, yeah, $45,000, $50,000 worth of equipment right well, there. Well, this one's a little less. This uh, this is the $25,000, $30,000. It's the cheap one. That's that's for cheap people. Yeah. $25,000, yeah. $25, that's for cheap people. Okay. I'm, I'm, and, then, and then the additional 12000 or so. I'm going to go take my broken 50 millimeter yeah. and cry in a corner now. I am so not on your level right now. I know. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> So, all right. So, uh, I do want to wrap up before uh, we hit seven o'clock. But um, I want to uh, thank you, Alex, for joining us. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Uh, hope we can have you in the show tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow, but sometime in the future. Yes, we need um, you back. For sure. Uh, a shameless plug for next week. We're going to be talking insurance, which is sounds really boring, but trust me, it's going to be very interesting. Zach himself has yes. some very um, cringe-worthy stories about dealing with stuff, and uh, I know Alex has probably had some other issues as well, so don't miss that episode. Um, Josh, if you're listening, Joshua Davisberg, if you're listening, you won the uh, um, Think Tank photo promotion that we did. Yeah. So, congratulations. It's awesome. And You're a wiener. Um, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> don't listen to Josh. Not Josh. Um, yeah, anyway, so uh, we will be reaching out to you to make sure we get all your contact information. Um, Jamie's going to be shipping it from wherever he lives because I'm not going to say it on here. But anyway, so congratulations. Uh, we will be in touch with you shortly. And then finally, uh, thanks everybody for tuning and listening in. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to tell your friends, uh, subscribe, Maybe even give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube or review us if you're listening in iTunes. If you get it off Zach's page, then maybe leave a comment. Um, 
But anyway, thanks again. Um, I'd like to thank Josh and Alex for joining us today, and uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to the F Stops Here podcast. I'm Joe Stern, and have a good week.